Bowel cancer ranks as one of Australia's most common cancers, especially for people aged over 50. This is one form of cancer where diet and lifestyle choices play a big part in changing a person's risk of developing it. That actually makes it a good news story because lifestyle factors are changeable. In this podcast, I'll outline the key lifestyle habits to consider looking at that could lower your risk of bowel cancer. Welcome to the Thinking Nutrition Podcast. My name is Tim Crow, and I'm a career researcher, educator, and science communicator with most of this spent in the field of nutrition. How do you make sense of so much conflicting information in the field of nutrition? Well, I don't profess to have all the answers in an area that is continually changing as research changes, you can count on what is covered in this podcast to be based on the whole field of nutrition science, not just selective areas that support a particular way of thinking. And this podcast will always be free from any commercial product tie-ins, endorsements, or advertisements. Just credible nutrition science presented in plain and simple language, and then translating this into what it means for your health. So, on with today's show. Bowel cancer, also called colorectal or colon cancer, is the second biggest killer of Australians from cancer each year. Almost 16,000 people are diagnosed with bowel cancer each year in Australia. Though the good news is that that rate has been falling when you account for an aging population, as age is the biggest overall risk factor for most cancers. Bowel cancer can occur in any part of the colon or rectum, either growing from the inner lining of the bowel or from small growths on the bowel wall. Undetected, Bowel cancer can spread into the wall of the bowel, the lymph nodes, and then onto other organs. Lifestyle factors account for about half of all bowel cancer cases. Another quarter of cases are explained by genetics and family history. Looking closer into the lifestyle factors that play a role in bowel cancer risk, the World Cancer Research Fund is the place to turn to as the world's leading authority on the link between diet, weight, physical activity, and cancer. When they put out reports, you can count on the information being backed by the world's leading cancer scientists and a wealth of research. For the latest information on this area, I'll link to the World Cancer Research Fund website on bowel cancer in the show notes. Now, way back in 2007, the WCRF made some clear recommendations into lifestyle factors that influence bowel cancer risk. But research is never static, and recommendations are continually updated as new information becomes available. That is why the WCRF publishes updates as part of their continuous update project. Among experts worldwide, these updates are a trusted, authoritative scientific resource which underpins current guidelines and policy for cancer prevention. The most recent update on lifestyle factors and bowel cancer risk came out in 2018, and for the report, the Global Scientific Research on Diet, Nutrition, Physical Activity and Colorectal Cancer was collected and analysed by a research team at Imperial College London, and then assessed 
by an independent panel of leading international scientists. And I'll link to this report in the show notes. At 111 pages in length, the report is a lot to digest. But fear not that you need to wade through it all, as I'll give you the summary in this podcast of the key areas to know about. And if you want more information on the other factors linked to bowel cancer, then the full report has you sorted. And the first lifestyle factor is to eat more whole grain foods. There is a good reason why whole grains feature in dietary guidelines around the world. And no, it is not to annoy those who are a bit too ingrained, see what I did there, to low-carb or paleo diets. Just how good whole grains are for us was unveiled in a major scientific review looking at diet and chronic disease, which covered decades of research and hundreds of studies, and found that plant foods, especially whole grain foods, are linked to a lower risk of type 2 diabetes, overweight and obesity, cancer, and cardiovascular disease. So when the WCRF looked at foods that can decrease the risk of bowel cancer, whole grains scored high marks. Whole grains are a source of dietary fiber, which on its own can help reduce bowel cancer risk. Fermentation of fiber in the colon by bacteria results in the productions of compounds called short-chain fatty acids that lower the pH or acidity of the colon. A lower pH slows down the proliferation of cancer cells and decreases the production of toxic carcinogenic byproducts. Whole grains are also rich in antioxidants, including trace minerals and phenolic compounds, which have been proposed to be important in cancer prevention. The fiber in whole grains can also speed up the transit time of food through the gut. Fiber also increases the bulk of stools and even helps reduce the risk of insulin resistance. Following on from the benefits of whole grains, Eating more fiber will also help cut the risk of colorectal cancer, which is another way of saying to eat more plant-based foods, as these foods are the only place you'll find fiber in your diet. Fruits, vegetables, and legumes are all great sources of dietary fiber. And of course, whole grain foods are too, just in case you tuned out for the last minute of this podcast. The third factor linked to bowel cancer risk is to actually eat less red meat. Now, people who eat a diet low in processed and red meat are less likely to develop bowel cancer. But this link is nothing new, and only in 2015, the International Agency for Research on Cancer released a report investigating how likely red meat and processed meats are to cause cancer. The organization concluded that processed meat and also likely red meat are linked to causing an increased risk of colorectal cancer. Yet, even the highest level committee members of the IARC were not saying that if you eat a sausage, you are a candidate for cancer. What they were warning about was that if processed meats were a daily feature of your diet, your risk of bowel cancer would go up. The IARC report, though, did not exist in a vacuum. For well over a decade, the link between red meat, especially processed meat, and colorectal cancer has been well described. Peak cancer bodies, such as the WCRF 
and the Cancer Council of Australia have recommended people eat less red and processed meats for exactly the same reason. Now, it may seem obvious what red meat is, but some white meats also count as red meat. Confused? Well, red meat is considered the muscle flesh that comes from cattle, sheep, pigs and goats. Pork looks white when it is cooked, but it is typically red when raw because of its high hemoglobin content. Fish and poultry, though, are not part of the red meat family and are not linked to a high risk of bowel cancer. Processed meat, on the other hand, is any type of meat, including poultry, that has undergone salting, curing, fermentation, the addition of additives or smoking to enhance its flavour or improve preservation. Bacon, hot dogs, sausages, ham and salami all belong here. So what is it about red and processed meats that can make them carcinogenic? The answer isn't certain, but several plausible mechanisms have been proposed. The first culprit is actually the hemoglobin pigment that gives red meat its colour. Hemoglobin breaks down to a family of chemicals called N-nitroza compounds in the gut. Now these compounds can damage the cells that line the bowel, causing them to divide and replicate more. It is this increased cell replication that increases the chance of errors developing in DNA. Errors, which can be the first step on the road to cancer. Now, an interesting side turn here, it appears that eating lots of green coloured vegetables may lower colorectal cancer risk. The reason for green vegetables being cancer protective could be from the green chlorophyll molecule, which is central to the process of photosynthesis. Chlorophyll is very similar in structure to the animal hemoglobin molecule. Chlorophyll may actually compete with hemoglobin or help eliminate it from the body before it has the chance to be converted to those N-nitroso compounds I was talking about before. A second candidate to explain the link between red meat and bowel cancer could actually be the cooking process of red meat itself, especially grilling or barbecuing. The combination of high temperatures and charring of meat produces chemicals on the surface of the meat that may increase the risk of colon cancer. One simple way to reduce the formation of these compounds is actually to marinate meat first. So think of it as a protective layer on the meat, with the bonus of extra taste. Yet another theory is that the high iron content of meat could be the culprit. Now, iron is important for our health, no question, but too much of it can place a higher oxidative stress, a process not unlike rusting, on the body and damage cells lining the large bowel. And finally, one last mechanism is a new one that's been emerging recently, and that's looking at a chemical made in the gut by bacteria called trimethylamine N-oxide, or TMAO for short. TMAO is a natural byproduct made during digestion, derived from nutrients such as the amino acid carnitine and choline, both of which are abundant in red meat. TMAO is linked to a higher risk of heart disease, activation of inflammatory pathways, and potentially cancer initiation. A high-fiber diet may promote a more beneficial gut microbiome that can actually mitigate 
the metabolism of dietary precursors to TMAO. But let's put all of this into context. While a sausage sandwich every now and then isn't going to do you much harm, if you are eating a lot of processed and red meat, then it could be a good idea to try and cut down. The WCRF recommends eating no more than 500 grams of cooked red meat each week. And if you eat processed meat, really keep that to a minimum. Chicken and fish make excellent alternatives to red meat. Or you could even consider having more vegetarian meals in your diet. So time to get on the meat-free Monday trend. The fourth recommendation is to get more active. Physical activity is recognized as a potent cancer-preventing habit. Estimates link regular physical activity to a 20 to 40% lower risk of bowel cancer and a similar lower risk of postmenopausal breast cancer too. There is also a potential benefit of exercise in lowering prostate cancer risk. Besides its cancer prevention benefit, physical activity plays a large part in reducing the risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, so the health benefits really add up. In the WCRF report, the evidence was strong and consistent that high levels of recreational physical activity were protective against colon cancer. Physical activity helps reduce body fatness, which is linked to bowel cancer risk, which leads to a reduction in insulin resistance and inflammation, both of which are parts of bowel cancer development. The more active you are, the greater the benefits you can gain, and it is never too late to start. And as an aside, an evolving field of research is looking at how physical activity can help people already diagnosed with cancer. And several research studies are now linking regular physical activity after a cancer diagnosis with lower rates of cancer-related mortality, particularly from breast and bowel cancer. These findings are important when you consider that thanks to earlier detection and improved treatments, more people than ever are surviving cancer. And the final recommendation is to aim to keep body weight in check. Keeping a healthy body weight not only cuts your risk of bowel cancer, but could also reduce your risk of nine other types of cancer too. The evidence for bowel cancer and excess body weight in the WCRF report was consistent with a clear dose response, meaning more weight equates to a higher cancer risk. The link between excess weight and cancer could be from how our bodies can change hormone levels and produce chemical messengers, which in turn can increase cancer risk. High body fatness is also associated with increased levels of insulin, which can promote cell growth and inhibit normal programmed cell death, a process called apoptosis. Obesity is normally seen together with chronic low-level inflammation, which over time can cause DNA damage that leads to cancer. But rather than just focus on obesity, it is more important to look at where body fat is stored, and it is excess body fat around the abdomen that is linked to chronic local inflammation. While BMI can be a useful but quite imprecise measure of overall health risks, it fails to take into account the distribution of fat throughout the body. 
I often say that when it comes to linking weight to health, it is much more important where the fat is than how fat you are. For this reason, waist circumference was developed as a simpler and potentially more accurate measure of disease risk. Waist circumference is not only a gauge of body fat, but it specifically targets the most dangerous type of fat, that is visceral fat. Visceral fat is metabolically active and can directly change metabolism of certain hormones and inflammatory markers. And on the very day I was putting this podcast together, a new study was published in the British Medical Journal, which I'll link to in the show notes. The study was a meta-analysis of 72 studies looking at central adiposity and overall mortality. And all indices used, including waist circumference, were positively and significantly associated with early mortality, independent of overall body fatness, which is pretty much what BMI measures. And it was specifically central adiposity that was the link here. Having a larger hip or thigh circumference was actually linked to a lower risk of early mortality. While this podcast is focusing on lifestyle factors you can change, one factor that appeared as a risk factor for bowel cancer in the report was being tall. I mean, what the? Now, I know there is not much anyone can do about their maximum adult height, but why is it so? How tall a person grows is influenced partly by their genes and partly by the nutritional quality of their diet during the growing phases of their life. A higher growth rate is a marker for more growth hormones and other growth factors, which, while helping a person reach their peak potential height, also does a nice job of promoting too much cell growth. And uncontrolled cell growth is what cancer is after all. Tall people also have more cells in their body, so more opportunities for a tumor to develop. And just like a giraffe with a long neck, tall people have longer intestines, so more opportunities for exposure to cancer-promoting agents in the large intestine. But it is not all bad news for the bean poles amongst us. Being taller appears to be beneficial when it comes to preventing some other diseases, such as type 2 diabetes, stroke, and heart attack. So it all likely washes out in the end. With bowel cancer rates expected to rise worldwide, it is vital that people are aware that there are simple things they can do to help prevent this disease. Bowel cancer may be one of the most common cancers seen in the Western world, but there is enough compelling evidence to show that by making positive lifestyle changes, you can significantly cut your risk. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Music